Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. She trains her eyes on the distance and waits for the anger to seep away. Where does it go? Does it swirl into the atmosphere to take the shape of the island's gnarled branches and hunkering shrubs? Does it settle as fine dust on eyelashes and windshields? Or does it build in your fingertips, in your heart, seizing on a moment where everything collides and your body becomes an engine of rage? Bali Kaur Jaswal, now you see us. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And this week, I'm back chatting about off-the-shelf topics with my cousin, Ashley Sherlock. Don't forget that over on Patreon, we're not only discussing Bleak House by Charles Dickens this year, we're also hosting our monthly From the Front Porch book club hosted by various members of The Bookshelf staff. This month, Olivia and bookseller Keela led a conversation about Everybody in My Family Has Killed Someone, which was Olivia's January shelf subscription selection. Next month, in March, I'll be hosting a discussion with marketing manager Caroline. We will be talking about one of my favorite books of the year, Stealing by Margaret Verbal. For $20 a month on Patreon, you'll become a book club companion, able to access our Bleak House podcast episodes and our monthly Q&A sessions, plus our monthly book club meetings. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch to find out more about our Patreon memberships and benefits. We'd love if you joined us there. Now back to the show. Welcome back, Ashley. Thank you. It feels weird to say Happy New Year. You and I have seen each other multiple times since the (laughs) new year, but this is our first time to record post-holiday season, so welcome. And I still hope you have a Happy New Year. I do too. Have you had, give me a brief like tweet length update on your life. How are you? How's it going? We're mid-February. How do you feel? February is going better than January so far. I'll give you that much. It was a struggle in the beginning, but things are looking up. I feel the same way. Do you think it's because today felt like spring? Yes, I do. I think it's because today felt like spring and because I've been eating more food during the work day. Turns out that's pretty important. <laughs> yes, eating is vital <laughs> for, for many reasons. I did something that I rarely do, which is I left a board meeting today and it was downtown. And typically I work from home on Wednesdays, but I walked to George and Louise and had lunch by myself and read a book. And it was that delightful. Amazing. It was so great because the weather was so, it really did feel like spring today. It felt Yeah, it really amazing. did. I walked from my office up to the Florida State Capitol to get a free cup of coffee and I got sweaty and it was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I think it gives me hope that like we're going to survive winter. And I, unlike most people, love the month of February for maybe obvious or not so obvious reasons. I don't know. But I do love February, and so the fact that it was beautiful today and that I could sit outside and have a reading lunch was icing on the cake. Love it. No pun intended. No pun intended. Okay. Everybody, including Ashley, listen up. (laughs) New year, new name. I personally loved our kids' table episodes, and so do listeners. We get mostly positive reviews, except 
sometimes people don't like our giggling and whatever. That's fine. That's um, fine. That's the first I'm hearing of this. It's fine. <laughs> what, whatever. It's okay. Sorry so, for being happy. <laughs> so sorry that we're a jolly bunch. But our Kids Table episodes are pretty popular. But the name, which I loved and came up with, was confusing to people. We were never talking about kid literature. Our Kids Table episodes were all about the kinds of conversations that you have around your family's holiday kids table, like at Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. So our brilliant bookshelf staff sat down at the beginning of this year and kind of rebranded, renamed a lot of things, podcast episodes, some events. Turns out we used the word lunch in like an inordinate number of bookshelf events. (laughs) And that was confusing to people, including confusing to me. So the bookshelf staff sat down, brainstormed together. And from henceforth, our conversations together will be part of our Off the Shelf series. These are going to be episodes where we talk about books, yes, but also about articles, TV shows, pop culture, and more. All the things we're reading, watching, listening to, and buying And Ashley will be joining me in those conversations. She is a former bookshelf staffer, my literal family member and friend. Do you like the new name? Love it. I may have forgotten about it. So thank you for reminding me. (laughs) (laughs) It will appear in everybody's feeds today as off the shelf with Annie and Ashley instead of kids table. So it's officially different and new. I like it. We love change. You know, I actually hate change, but I... (laughs) But I do really like this name, and I I thought it was very fun. Caroline helped our staff kind of brainstorm, and then she sent out polls, and she made a reference to Pokemon Go to the polls, which was very exciting <laughs> to me. And so we all voted and kind of talked about it, and I do like this change. I think it is a good change, and I hope it will be less confusing for listeners. That's the goal. Yeah, I do hope that. So new name and less giggles. Got it. <laughs> I'm going to keep giggling. (laughs) I'm a happy person. (laughs) I can't help it. Yeah. If people don't want to giggle, that's fine. I think that's what NPR is for. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There you go. I'm solved. Okay. So we're going to talk about what we're reading, what we've been reading, and we do these conversations seasonally. So this is our winter off-the-shelf conversation. Ashley, do you want to start with something that you've been reading? Sure. I picked up The Sun Walks Down by Fiona McFarlane. Okay. Have you read this one yet? I have not. This is fun. Okay. It came out in January. Picked it up uh, because I saw it on Libro FM. And then I saw that former bookshelf staffer, Kate, also read Mm. it. And that's pretty much all I knew about it. But it's historical fiction, which is not something I typically go for. But it's historical fiction set in Southern Australia. It's about a six-year-old boy who goes missing. (gasps) Yes. But he, he ran away because he heard a story about a bad spirit and he thought the bad spirit was going to catch him or something. And it's basically about this whole town searching for him. Mm-hmm. It's got a pretty diverse cast, um, very descriptive writing. So if you're into that kind of thing, you would really like it. I kind of listening to it. And mm-hmm. I think I would recommend reading the actual book. Okay. Once you started talking about the description, Aaron read this. And I think loved it. And I can't remember if she did the audio book or the ebook or the physical book. I don't know. But she did really like this one. I wondered, based on her description and your description, I wondered if it was at all like Room. Did you ever read that by Emma Donahue? Mm-mm. God, that book is so good. It's a great movie too, actually. But it just sounded slightly reminiscent of that. But Aaron, I don't know how far you are in it. I don't want to... 
I don't think Aaron spoiled anything, but Aaron, I think, was talking about how while you're reading, like the boy sees, for example, like flashlights, but he thinks it's like spirits. And you, the reader, are like, please, they're flashlights. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like you find yourself kind of telling him, please go toward the light. Like you're very invested, I think, in this little boy and getting him to safety. For sure. Okay, one of my first five-star books of the year is The Sweet Spot. This is by Amy Papel. Did you read Musical Chairs or Limelight by Amy Papel? I read Limelight, yeah. Okay, Limelight is right up your alley. I I feel like that was like Justin Bieber meets Broadway. (laughs) And so so that seems like Ashley all over it. The Sweet Spot was slow to start. I'd like to stress that. Like, I picked this book up. It's a paperback original released at the end of January. And I started reading it months ago and liked it, but there were so many characters that I felt like I couldn't quite settle in. And I really like Amy Papel. I think she's a really funny writer who writes about family dynamics and relationships really beautifully. And so this is about this group of people that live in this neighborhood in New York it reminds me a little bit of like an Emma Straub novel. And once I finally, and I think I looked at the page count, once I hit page 74, (laughs) I was like, okay, I know who all these people are now. And then I kind of hated some of them, one of them in particular. And I thought, am I going to like this if I hate one of these characters? And I do not know how she did it. But by the end of this book, I loved the character that I loathed. And I think that takes some real talent to be able to develop a character so much that you go from like hating them and, and wondering why they're in this book to feeling like, Oh, I could have kept reading about her forever. I think you would like it actually. It's about like these three different families, kind of groups of people, and you don't know how they're all connected. It's almost like love actually, or something where then you realize how they're all connected. But there's like a social media component that I thought was actually really well done and thoughtful. And I just wound up loving all the people. It's it's Catherine Heine meets Emma Straub set in New York. The sweet spot, the title of the book is the name of like a neighborhood bar that I just fell in love with. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. It sounds great. That yeah. One what else are you reading? One that you gave me. Have you read BFF by Christy Tate? Okay, I have not yet. Esme read it. Okay, it came out on February 7th. It's a memoir about friendship, obviously. I accidentally fell off the memoir train. Forgot how much I love them. Yeah, you <laughs> like, do I love them. my favorite thing. Yeah. This is the first one I read, and I don't even know how long. But it's funny. And what's the word I'm looking for? It's like friendships, they ebb and flow. But I don't know, it's kind of about the ones that don't. You know, mm. it's the ones that stick, um, I guess, kind of like your core circle. So it's funny, but it's also validating and warm, maybe. Hmm. Esme read it and really liked it. And a f- I was going to say a few years ago, that's a joke, probably 15 years ago, I read the book MWF Seeking BFF. Yeah, because, you want to borrow that book too, but I never read it. Yeah, I was probably, I might have been younger than you are now, but it's that post-college, how do you make friends in adulthood season of life that you think will get better, but it really, it, it, it does get better, but friendships remain 
kind of hard work, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, even now that I'm well into my 30s, I just think adult friendships are worth fighting for, but they do require you to fight for them. And so I like books that kind of acknowledge that. And I also like books that talk about friendships that kind of stand the test of time. And I think you and I both are really fortunate we have some of those in our lives. Yeah. Okay. I picked up, I'm going to talk about one more work of fiction, and then I do have a couple of nonfiction books. But I read the book Now You See Us by Bali Kaur Jaswal. It's the quote that I started the episode with. I loved this book. So this is three women, Cora, Angel, and I want to say, oh no, I don't have my notes in front of me, Donatia or something like that. I can't remember. But basically these three women, they were from the Philippines and then they immigrated to Singapore where they were domestic workers and they worked as maids, caregivers, house cleaners. And you kind of get their story, their fictional story told from varying perspectives, from from all three perspectives. And I liked that each of these women are kind of from different generations. They range in age. And so you kind of get a what feels like a wide range of perspectives on their work and their relationships. But then a fellow Filipino worker is accused of murdering her employer. And so these three women don't know that woman super well, but they consider her kind of one of them. And so they try almost to exonerate her or to figure out who might have really killed this woman. And it's all about kind of the politics in Singapore. The publisher is billing this one as Crazy Rich Asians Meets the Help, which is a very interesting (laughs) description, especially Mm -hmm. how we feel about the help Yes. now. <laughs> but I I understand where the publisher is coming from. I'm not I'm not sure that's the the best comparison to go with, but I do get it because these three women are so vibrant and so interesting and the culture of Singapore and the women that they work for does very much remind me of kind of crazy rich Asians and that culture that's portrayed in that book. I fell in love with these three women and their varying points of view. The mystery element is kind of fun because you want to know, is this woman really a murderer or not? And the setting is great, like all about a culture that I know very little about. So I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. The bad news for other people is that this book does not come out until March 7th, but it's a great time to pre-order. I wonder if the audiobook would be good because of the varying viewpoints. If you liked How Not to Drown in a Glass of Water, I think you might also like this one. I really liked it, and I think it would be great for book clubs. I really do. I think book clubs would really like this one. And it's super easy to read. Like, I flew through it. I really enjoyed it. Nice. Should I read How Not to Drown in a Glass of Water? Because I've been thinking about that one. You should listen to it. Great audiobook. Good to know. That's all for my reading. Okay, I just have two other books that I want to mention because I've been reading a lot of nonfiction, which I'm thrilled about. But nonfiction does take me longer, which sometimes makes me feel like... I shouldn't read it because I'm trying to read for the store, but I am reading Orphaned Believers by Sarah Billups. I'm reading that just on my own. I'm about halfway through it. If you read Jesus and John, did you read Jesus and John Wayne? No, I never did. Should I? Yes, I do think it's valuable and interesting. If you looked around in 2016 and were like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Particularly from a Christian perspective. If you looked around at churches and perhaps people you loved and you were like, 
wait, why'd you do that? (laughs) Then I think Jesus and John Wayne attempts to explain that from a really well-researched journalistic kind of perspective. Orphaned believers, to me, feels like it could be a follow-up to that, where my dad and I both read Jesus and John Wayne, and I remember my dad telling me, yeah, I liked it, but like, what are we supposed to do, though? (laughs) Yeah. And so I think Sarah Billups is kind of offering up, it's, it, it is very journalistic. There is some slight memoir aspects to it where she's writing from her personal perspective as a Christian woman who grew up with a dad who really believed in like the rapture and things like that. And so she, I think, is offering up one path forward, which is this idea that do you feel like an orphaned believer? Like, do you feel like a believer without a home? Well, you kind of are supposed to. <laughs> well, there you well, go. The, the, the news for you is that's probably <laughs> probably a little bit how you're supposed to feel. So I really am liking it. It is dense. Not dense in that it's hard to read. Dense as in it is full of really well-constructed arguments, super well-researched. I think I started reading it assuming it was going to be a memoir, and instead it feels like Jesus and John Wayne to me, where it feels really well-researched, a journalistic approach that sometimes also incorporates Sarah's personal story. So I like, I'm like i liking that a lot. Um, I'm about halfway through it. And then locally, the Jack Hadley Black History Museum is reading the 1619 Project, oh. which, yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, I love it. And Yeah, so they're doing this book club, and they're doing it for the next nine weeks. And the 1619 Project is something I read when it came out, like, as that New York Times special in 2019. Like, I'm pretty sure I still have that magazine floating around here somewhere. But I had not yet dived into the book and the text of the book. Plus, it's a new series on Hulu that I I haven't tried yet either. Anyway, when I got the email that said that the History Museum was doing this, I thought, oh, well, that would be a good time. I don't know. I thought it'd be a good time to try to read it. And I liked the fact that I'll be reading it alongside members of my own literal community. I think there's a lot of value in that. So I'm reading the 1619 Project. I'm just a couple of chapters in. No surprise that I'm really enjoying it. But again, super dense, not hard to read, just chock full of information. I'm marking a lot. I'm making a lot of notes. Tomorrow is our first book club meeting and I'm a little nervous, but also excited like the first day of school because they already (laughs) sent the questions, the questions for discussion. And I'm really excited. Like, I think it'll just be so good to be in conversation with local readers about this book. So if you are local, you can I'm pretty sure you can go to the Jack Hadley Black History Museum website, and I think there could be information. I don't think it's too late to join, and I'm really excited. Um, I'm excited to read this, so I'm reading the 1619 Project as well. Love it. Okay, let's talk what we're watching. Let's do. Okay, what are you watching? Okay, so I'm not going to lie to you. This is kind of a skeleton list for me. Um, okay. I haven't been watching much, but the one that I wanted to talk about is The Menu, the movie The Menu. Did you watch that? You bet I did. Watched it twice. <laughs> really? Okay. I need to watch yeah. it again. I went into it like I do most things. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but my mm-hmm. nine to five involves a lot of food. Um, and so I tend to watch a lot of food related things. I also have been watching somebody feed Phil. It's, oh, it's great. Okay. I'm immersed in food and I do not hate it at all. The menu, however, 
went a very different direction than somebody. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was yes, not prepared. Very different. <laughs> I was not prepared. But this movie made me think about this movie for so long after watching this movie because like I kept realizing things that were going on and I also was just disturbed by the whole thing. (laughs) And I couldn't stop talking about it. That's the thing about this movie. I watched this movie while all of you and Jordan and our whole family had COVID and Mm -hmm. I was like holed up in a room by myself and I watched this movie one night and looked around and there was no one to tell. There was no one to experience this with. So then when Jordan came out of quarantine, I made him watch it. We went to a wedding last weekend where I asked the question, like, hey, what has anybody been watching? And the husband of one of my friends was like, oh, I watched the menu. And I thought, here we go. Now we can talk. Like, you know, when you're at a when you're at an event like that and you're like, what is some commonality I can find uh-huh. with these people yep. where sometimes the only thing you might have in common are the bride and groom. <laughs> <laughs> and so we started talking about the menu. What a great movie experience because it does right. what a what a good or interesting movie should do, which is it makes you want to see it again or it makes you want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. There is so much to talk about this movie. Man, it's so layered. I wish I had watched it again before this podcast. Because I know there's a bunch of stuff that I missed and forgot, but it's absolutely genius. I'm still, it's so I'm smart. still wilding. And it is also, I, like you, went in kind of blind. I think I, for some reason or another, thought there would be some cannibalism involved. Okay, I did <laughs> <And>, too. <laughs> and so I, I don't know why I thought that, but I started watching and there's a ha- about a halfway point. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about where I thought, Oh my gosh. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like we're not really recovering from this. Yes. Yes. Where it's like, okay, we're in this now. There's no turning back. I loved it. It would not be something Susie, Shop Mom Susie, would enjoy at all Mm, in any way, shape, or form. But I, I really liked it. Yeah. I'm going to watch it again after this. It's good. It's worth watching twice, I think. Okay, similarly, now I don't know if I could watch it another time just because it is so long, although it did not feel long while I was watching it. Only at the end when I looked at my watch and Jordan and thought, (laughs) oh my goodness, it's midnight. I watched Tar. Have you heard of Tar? Do you know about Tar? No, I don't. Okay, I'm trying to work my way through the Oscar-nominated films, as I do. And Tar is starring Cate Blanchett, and it is about a woman named Tar who is a composer of classical music and she's like reached the top of her field. It is so good. I really liked it. There were multiple points where I was like, where is this movie going? I was not particularly bored. I've heard that some people may have been bored. I was not bored. I was interested. Kate Blanchett's performance is astounding. I have not watched all the other films, but I believe that her nomination for Best Actress, I believe it's for Best Actress, is well-earned. She is phenomenal. It kind of immerses you in the world of classical music, which is not something I would have thought I would have cared very much about. It also, to me, has a lot of interesting things to say about, I don't know, the current culture. It's like a movie for 2022-2023. Does that make sense? Like, it feels like of our time. Okay. Interesting. Where can I I really liked it. I watched it on Peacock. Okay. Because I don't think it's out in theaters yet anymore. 
Can I recommend to you two TV shows? Please, I need something. Okay, I did too. I was in a real watching rut all January long. And now I just feel like it's an abundance of riches that I don't quite know what to do with. (laughs) So Jordan and I are watching Poker Face, which is also on Peacock. Who knew Peacock would be like the outlet for me? Right. Out of nowhere. Poker Face stars Natasha Lyonne. You might recognize her. Did you watch Orange is the New Black? Nope. Russian Doll. Did you watch Russian Doll? Nope. This is embarrassing. (laughs) Stop asking me things. (laughs) So sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, it stars Natasha Leone. Here's what I like. Each episode is kind of standalone. And Natasha Leone is a woman who has this innate ability. She can tell if you're lying. Hence the name Poker Face. And so kind of she accidentally becomes this solver of real life mysteries even though she doesn't intend to. She's kind of on the run. This is all set up in the first episode. She's on the run. She's on this road trip across America, fleeing from some people. I won't spoil it for you. But anyway, so each episode stands alone and is like Natasha Leone figuring out why someone was killed or murdered. And she's doing it because she can tell when someone is lying automatically. Okay, kind of like, what's that show with Dr. Lightman? Uh, oh, Lie to Me. This was a show oh. I was on years ago, but I loved it. Okay, I think you will like this. I actually think your parents would like it. We are absolutely loving it. And a new episode drops every Thursday. I kind of like it because it actually doesn't feel like you have to binge it because each episode tells a story all its own. I like yeah. that. Okay, and then Jordan and I also started watching Shrinking because okay. I still love Harrison Ford all these years later. (laughs) And Harrison Ford and Jason Segel are in this Apple TV show. I have some qualms. I've not read a single review. I've purposely gone in. Like, I think reviewers universally love Poker Face. I don't know what reviewers think about shrinking. I don't really care. I'm having a good time. I have some qualms with some of the characters and character developments. I just feel like their relationships to the main character are a little confusing, but otherwise having a blast. The music is great. It's about Jason Siegel, who is a therapist, a psychologist, whose wife has died, and he kind of oh, went off the deep end. Yeah. And Harrison Ford is his boss. His daughter is um, portrayed really well. I love his co-workers. His neighbor is interesting. She, I'm pretty sure, was on Scrubs back in the day. I think the writer of the show is, who's the guy who cusses all the time on Ted Lasso? Oh, Roy Kent? Yes, I'm pretty sure one of the writers of the show is Roy Kent. Oh. Yeah, interesting, right? Very interesting. I've seen, I've yes. done ads for this. It's um, great. Somewhere. Um, okay, Harrison Ford, has he been deemed blamely handsome or No. Okay, I think he's blandly handsome. The world may think he's just handsome, but I think he's blandly handsome. I mean, he is old in this show, but I, I've i been accused of being ageist. <laughs> so now, but like, it's just a truth universally acknowledged that Harrison Ford is now old. I, I feel like that's okay to say. Um, yeah. Um, um, but I think he still is a good actor. I am enjoying him in this show. He's kind of got that gruff persona that he is, I think, pretty well known for at this point. I still find him handsome. Um, my favorite Harrison Ford performance is in Working Girl. If you have not seen Working Girl, 
anyone and everyone, please go do yourselves a favor. And it was really enjoyable to watch him on screen and to think, wow, he's had a really lengthy career. And I wish mm-hmm. for the women of Hollywood the yeah. long career that men in Hollywood can have. You know what I mean? I do. I wish Harrison Ford upon all the women. Yeah. yeah. Although we did see 80 for Brady and those women still got it. You know what? That was a surprising delight. I also recommend I 80 it. for Brady. We had a great time. You know, we both went in within the last which this is shocking. So Ashley's sister, Caroline, my cousin, my other cousin, she went through a spout where she was like, I don't like movies. I don't like going to the movies. A spate of time where she just was very insistent. And then all of a sudden, she surprised us with a trip to go see A Man Called Otto. Another surprising delight. I was about to say, I loved it. And I don't care. I did not look up critics' reviews. I don't care what critics thought. I had a great time. I mean, a great time in which I sobbed, but a great time. A great cathartic time. I didn't read yeah. that book, so I really had no You clue really went in. <laughs> and I was not prepared. Yeah, it was, but I thought it was great. Then we went and saw 80 for Brady, where I also went in knowing nothing. And I've kind of decided maybe that's the secret to life. Well, that's how, like, that's how I consume my media. I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> Yeah, I think I am so, that is great. I'm so Enneagram 5. I feel like I do all this research and I read all these reviews and now I'm kind of like, maybe I shouldn't. Or read them after. Try being a nine for some time. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's what I do. I read stuff after if I'm interested. But mostly we're just, we're just winging it, going, going in blind. (laughs) Yeah. Anything else you've watched this season? I've been watching uh, Starstruck off and on on HBO oh, Max yeah. because you told me to. I started it when I had COVID and now sometimes I just pick it up when I feel like it or have time. But it's really nice. It's cute. Are you still on season one or are you in season two? I think I'm on season two. I'm in the beginning of season two. Please tell me if you continue. For some reason, I did not keep. I don't know why. I don't think I did it on purpose. I just accidentally stopped watching mid-season okay. two. Hmm. I'll keep an eye out. But it's it's not like I'm I'm not binging it by any means. But right, it's, it's it's just fun to have, you know, when I need something. Yes, I feel that I've been doing that because jo- so those shows I mentioned I've been watching with Jordan, but he's already starting to work late. So I've been watching Brooklyn Nine Nine, like in the background, okay. just as fun thing for me. But I also really liked it's. I think I finished it during the COVID time. Was um. Sex Lives of College Girls on okay. HBO Okay, I just, that's another show that I keep wanting to watch and then I just forget to watch it. It's great. I liked it a lot. Good to know. Okay, what are you listening to? Okay, this is the one I've been waiting for. I have okay. literally <laughs> been thinking about this since we recorded the last, what is this called? Okay. Off the Shelf. Um, yes. There's a song called Dover by a group called The Westerlies. Okay. This will show up on my Spotify wrapped for 2023, probably mm-hmm. as the most played song of the year. Okay. I cannot get enough of it. The Westerlies. Okay. This is, it's not weird. <laughs> she's so but. excited. People can't see her face, but <laughs> she's so excited. I love it so much. It makes me feel things. Okay. I worked with someone one time who said a good song makes you feel nostalgic for something that never happened. And that is what Ooh. this song does for me. It makes me feel happy and sad at the same time. 
and it's all instrumental. Okay. The Westerlies are a brass quartet. Okay. And I love a good instrumental song. Brass is not my go-to instrument. I'm normally a piano or strings gal. Uh-huh. This, this song, it's not going to have the same effect on everybody that it does for me, but I do think you'll like it. It's okay. It, it, I hope it makes you feel at least a little bit of what it makes me feel. It's very nice. This is so exciting because normally you will recommend a song and I will say, oh, should I add it to my playlist? And you will say no. So, <laughs> this one, I think you should. And I I want funny. to look up other songs by the Westerlies, but I just can't stop listening to this song. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to look at it. Like over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> On repeat. Okay. I'm going to look it up. I have not been listening to a lot of music. Instead... Uh, and honestly, I've not been listening to a lot of audiobooks. I There's a couple, but I haven't quite finished them, so I wasn't going to recommend them. Instead, I have a new morning routine. Would you like to hear it? Please. I love a morning routine. Okay. So every morning, and knock on wood, because I don't want to spoil it by telling everyone about it. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you like it feels, jinx yourself? Right. It feels like something I've been able to do for 30 days and I'd like to keep doing it. So every morning when I get up, I listen to Let's Read the Gospels, which is a new podcast by Annie F. Downs. Yes, I've heard of it. And I have never listened to any of Annie F. Downs's other podcasts. I just happened to see that she was doing this thing where she was going to read aloud the Gospels every month, like all four in a month. And I thought, that sounds interesting. Maybe I'll try it. And so we did it. I did it in January, did it and have done it so far in February. And so I listened to Let's Read the Gospels. And then I listened to the Mo News podcast. Do you follow Mosh? Do you follow Mosh? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Look, look, I think, I think, I think my Venn diagram, your and my Venn diagram overlaps so much. Would you say that news is where our Venn diagram stops? Yes, I cannot follow the news like you do for um, uh, mental health reasons. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So I used to listen to the daily podcast every day. Uh Uh-huh. And stopped, I I kid you not, I think in March of 2020. Like, I think I was just like, I can't, I can't do this. I, And so I stopped listening to that podcast, all due respect to the hosts and creators of that content. I just could not do it anymore. I follow Mosh on Instagram for the same reasons I follow Sharon Says So. It just feels like, it's almost like a news aggregate. Like, here are the headlines for the day. There's very little commentary. When there is commentary, it feels more kind of, elder millennial humor. I really like it. I discovered that he had a podcast and I thought, I don't really know if I want to listen to a podcast, but I'm not spending as much time on Instagram these days. And so this is how I get my morning news. It's like listening to a 20 minute morning news show. It doesn't deep dive anything. It's very different from the, the daily, but it is like, here's the news for the day. And okay. I love it. Like, I think Jordan on his drive to work, like, listens to NPR. Mm-hmm. That's great. My commute is two minutes. Like, <laughs> I, I don't I don't get in the car and listen to NPR. So instead, while I'm getting ready every morning, I do Let's Read the Gospels, and then I do the Mo News podcast. And I really, I really am liking it. Okay, that sounds digestible. Also, did you know it only takes 28 days to create a habit? So I think you're safe. Yes, I think I might be too. 
I do. I still am afraid I'm going to jinx it, but like, I, like, I really like it. It may not be what I do for the whole year, but it is what I'm doing this winter and I really do enjoy it. Love that for you. Is there anything else you're listening to? Okay. I will say I finally read lessons in chemistry (gasps) via audiobook, and I understand the hype. Okay. I was worried your tone. (laughs) Okay. No, I just feel bad because everybody else has already read it, but I caught up. Never too late. It was fantastic. So if you haven't read it yet, then it's worth your while. Yay. Oh my gosh. I loved that book so much. The only other listening that I've been doing is I, like I said earlier, I'm trying to watch the Oscar nominated films at least as many as I can before the Oscars in March. And so I really love the big picture podcast and I find those people to be really fun and enjoyable and knowledgeable about the craft of filmmaking. Sean Finnessy is the host often with Amanda Dobbins. It's part of the podcast, the ringer podcast network, which I like a lot of the podcasts that they do, but the big picture is one that especially this time of year, I find myself listening to often because they're talking about the Oscars and, all the all the things that kind of go into the Oscar nominations and things like that. So I love that kind of stuff a lot. And I like finding other people who like it. <laughs> okay. What are you buying? Tell me everything. Okay. I have been racking my brain trying to think of anything that I've been buying. But to be honest with you, the main thing that's bringing me joy is a drink. Another okay. drink. Um, it can be found at Publix. It is called... Well, it's it's a kombucha, but also it doesn't taste like kombucha. I actually don't know what kombucha tastes like, but <laughs> <laughs> I it, I imagine it tastes pretty bad. Um, this is delicious because it has a lot of sugar in it, and it's like okay. it's, become, it's become my once a week little treat. <laughs> I'm already um, sold. Sugar, please tell um, me more. It's great sugar and like carbonation. Like what else could you want? It's uh, the brand is called Synergy. And it's the flavor lemon berry. Okay. Okay. I actually do think you would like it. It is, it's like packaged like kombucha. I don't think it has any health benefits because of how much sugar (laughs) is in it, but it makes me happy. (laughs) That's look, I think I'm sensing a theme for winter and it is what is making us happy. What, yes, what is helping? And I'm hearing sugar. Kombucha. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think a lot of people spend their money in other quarters of the year, but I think because of my birthday falling in February and because I'm like recovering from the holidays, this is when I spend my money. Like, this is the quarter in which I'm like, I'm going to buy all the things. One of the things that I've been on the hunt for the, the Instagram knows the Instagram people know is a cozy, comfy reading chair. I have looked at local furniture stores. I have, sat in so many chairs and I had a favorite chair that I absolutely loved at a local furniture store. I felt like I could not justify for myself and my personal budget, $1,500 for a chair and then an additional $300 for the Ottoman, $400 for the Ottoman. I just, I just felt like I couldn't do it. And like, I want to buy grown up furniture, but also I still really like my Ikea couch. So whatever. So, I finally bit the bullet and I did buy, I really wanted to buy a chair that I had sat in, but alas, I went with a chair that gets like excellent reviews. It came recommended through Country Living Magazine, I think, and it is called the Walters Chair. It's from Birch Lane. 
I hesitate to tell anyone about it because I've not sat in it. (laughs) It has not arrived at my house, but I did buy it. And I will definitely report back. I'm still looking for one other super comfy chair. You know, the gray chair in our living room. Yes. The one that's the the main one you, yeah, it's the main one you would sit in. That chair is not comfortable. And it is one of the main chairs we sit in all the time. And I think Jordan would really like a recliner, maybe not like Papa's big loop chair recliner, but like a recliner. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're going to get a comfy chair for there. And that was part of the reason I was like, I don't really want to spend $1,500 on one chair. I'd rather, we really need two comfy chairs. And so where, and, and the one that I was looking for will be my reading chair that I sit in this office and read in, but it's also not like a main chair in our living room. So it felt silly to spend. Anyway, everybody's got their own budgets. Everybody's got their own cash flow, whatever. I found the share. I will report back if it is worth it. Um, I think it was like $850 or something. It looks great. I hope it looks great in person. It got really good reviews. I felt like I did so much research. And finally, I thought, I have to just, I got to stop. Do you ever reach that point where you're like, I have to, I can't keep researching this. Oh, I need yeah. to just buy this. You just got to, you just got to do something, make the move. Yes. So I made the move. Um, and then I also bought myself, as I told Ashley before we started recording, I bought myself a bunch of birthday clothes from August Cloth, which is one of my favorite little small businesses, and then had them all shipped and delivered to my nephew on accident for his four-year-old <laughs> birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> I had a birthday present shipped to him, and I guess Shopify remembered the last address. And so all of my birthday clothes just got mailed to my five-year-old nephew. It's fine. It's so sad. my sister-in-law will ship them to me and I will be eternally grateful. So that is, that's what I've been buying. But I like, this is really the time of year when I do the most work in my house. I do the most spending because I feel like I finally have some bandwidth to do that. And so, yes. Anyway. Okay. I thought of one more thing that I've been buying. Okay. Tell me. I succumbed to the Instagram ad universe because Mm -hmm. I've been repeatedly uh, getting served these ads for a subscription box called Beachly. Okay. And I am not a subscription box kind of gal. I don't like FabFitFun, not for me. Pretty much anything else, not for me. But they kept showing this windbreaker that was really cute. And I don't really need a windbreaker, but I wanted this one. And so I went to the website and I subscribed to the box because I, I knew I would get the windbreaker in the box. But you can also mm-hmm. like pick out other stuff. There's like, I don't know, five or six categories. Um, okay. It's probably set up the same way as FabFitFun. That's what that's called, right? I haven't thought about that yeah. forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can pick out like five or six items. There's like three kind of big ticket items and then a couple of smaller ones. I got the windbreaker. It's adorable. It fits perfectly. And I love it so much. I also got a pair of lightweight joggers. Mm-hmm. Perfect for wearing like after a day at the beach or on a day where you want to be cozy, but not sweaty. And I got a bunch of other stuff too that I can't remember what it is. Those are like my two favorite things from the box. And okay, it's honestly a delight. I love anything beach related, obviously. Um, and I haven't decided if I'm going to get a second, like their spring subscription. This was their winter one, but I'm very happy with it. And it, you know what, if it makes me happy, maybe I'm going to do it one more time. I think you should do it one more time because it's also getting to be the time, like 
I love to go, and you do too. We like to go to the beach in the winter, but like soon Mm -hmm. it's going to be your time. You know what I'm saying? Like spring and summer is your time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you should do it again. That sounds fun. And I love, look, I love a subscription box. I, anything that I can get mailed to me, razors, feminine products, anything (laughs) that I can get mailed to me and I don't have to go somewhere, great. Um, And there's like a fun surprise element, I feel like too, or at least like a happy mail element to a subscription box. Yeah, that's true. They have really good packaging too. And also, if anybody from this podcast goes and buys a Beachly subscription, please tell them that I sent you because I would really like to be a brand ambassador or something. Do you have a referral code? Can we put it in the show notes? (laughs) We'll see. We got to get fancy so we can put a referral code in the show notes. Please. Okay. Does that feel like a good encapsulation of what our winters have been like so far? I think so. Yeah, I think so too. Look, I feel good. To me, February is like where we're just getting the slightest glimpse that like spring is around the corner. And I think that's what we've talked about today. Hope, happiness, good TV shows, fun things in the mail. What more could you ask for? Not much, honestly. This week, I'm listening to Black Ball by Teresa Runstedler. Ashley, what are you reading this week? I'm reading She Gets the Girl by Rachel Lippincott and Allison Derrick. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelfteville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Studio D Podcast Production for production of From the Front Porch and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. Our executive producers of today's episode are Donna Hetchler, Cami Tidwell, Chantal C., Kate O'Connell, Nicole Marcy, Wendy Jenkins, Lori Johnson. Thank you all for your support of From the Front Porch. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Your input helps us make the show even better and reach new listeners. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see write a review and tell us what you think. Or if you're so inclined, you can support us over on Patreon, where we have three levels of support, Front Porch Friends, Book Club Companions, and Bookshelf Benefactors. Each level has an amazing number of benefits like bonus content, access to live events, discounts, and giveaways. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.